Yeah. Yeah, this conference is a little bit different than anyone we've done. Usually we do it, it's in relationship to a book, and there's a lot of material to cover. <clears throat> and you know, if we're doing a conference, and this is, uh, this is, well, this is just one sheet, front and back. That's, of course, there's a lot here. Um, and it's going to be participatory conference, so uh, especially toward when we get toward the end, I know how it is when you do these kind of things. The temptation is to just sort of slide out, you know, or, but I just ask you uh, uh, to really just open up and just let God do a work in us, God's presence, presence of God. Uh, is going to get PowerPoint for us. And if you would, let's just open up a passage, look at a past scripture. I don't have it there. I quoted it earlier, Ephesians chapter 1. Because when we start talking about God's presence, what we need is we need revelation. Uh, I just, uh, I've hungered just years for just God's presence. And God has granted me, graced me times in, in our lives and our ministry where God's presence was so so just permeating everything that we were doing. And then, then we did not value and treasure that manifestation. The, the visitation would be a better word. And took him for granted. And, and, uh, and, and he's God. And he goes where God the Father doeth says. And not according to our will. And, you know, and. I know those times where he was just so present. And, and you, you know, you do things that just carry you on the winds. I remember one time I was doing this youth conference. This is when I was with, in the Baptist campus ministry here. And we'd gone out to, out to Newport News as we're doing this conference and out in this Baptist church. And I took a crazy crew of BSU students and they who got baptized in the Holy Spirit on the way back, and we didn't lay hands on anybody. God just poured out His Spirit in the van. But anyway, I remember being there at that conference when God's presence was so, so intense. And I remember my aunts and uncles had come to hear me speak, and, and uh, my dad had come up from Florida. And I remember we'd went out to eat after I preached, and, and we were there eating, and they're asking me questions, and things are coming out of my mouth, and, and I'm going, wow. And I made a mistake, and I thought, wow, I've arrived. <laughs> then when the reality was, uh, the next week, I did a con- another conference at another place, and, and it was so totally opposite. I couldn't have told you what John 3.16 said. And make a long story short, it's one of the most embarrassing moments. When you're standing up here preaching, it really feels like, and Jesus is not with you, I mean, you really feel naked. I mean, it's bad. It's bad. And I'll never forget that time I preached and sat down and the Lord spoke to me. He says, boy, I don't need you. Now watch what I can do. And, and you know, as I, I had preached and another guy got up and preached after me and, and he just, he was a basketball coach and just shared a few things and the Holy Ghost just shows up. Hundreds of kids get saved and set free with me. I probably would have tempted angels to get lost. I don't know. You know, it's bad. But I remember that week, those two weekends, so diametrically opposed. And I'm going, God, your presence has nothing to do with us. And so in this Ephesians chapter 1, 
verse, I'll read in verse, verse 16, do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of prayers that, are, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit, give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, a spirit, our spirit, it's our spirit. The characteristic of our spirit is wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. And, uh, and, ha- and literally the next verse should, should be written before this because it's how it is in the Greek. Uh, there's a, it's like a, the way, it's a weird, it's participles that literally tell you that the action of it occurs before, the action of verse 18 occurs before the action of verse 17. And literally it says, the eyes of our heart be enlightened. Literally, you could say it this way, the eyes of our heart enlightened so that we may have a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him. Our, heart, our heart's like the programming on a hard disk. And our heart, like a hard disk, contains programming that interprets the information that you get from the internet. On a mo- Do computers still have modems, Rick? I know I've asked you this before. Do they still have modems? Technically, somehow, somehow it comes from the TV, I mean, the television, telephone line into the computer, something. But that information has to be interpreted. So God's presence, and we start talking about God's presence, uh, you know, we need that. We, our hearts have to be programmed to be able to grasp him because he's spirit and we're walking around in the flesh. We're soulish beings in a fleshly body having a spirit to connect and reach out into the, into the spiritual realm. But anyway, and I just want to just start off with this, making a declaration. It's God's presence that makes a difference. You know, God forbid that we would try to live life apart from God's presence. And y'all, we do it all the time. We do ministry. And I just want to look at a couple of real quick passages of Scripture. You know, the realities of the awesomeness of God's presence, how God's presence makes a difference too. Let's go to the next slide just real quick. How Moses... You know how Moses, you know, you know, he caught the revelation of it. Oop, I skipped it. Go to the next slide and then back. I think it's Moses. Oh, well, it's all out of order. Anyway, we'll just take it as it is. Go back one. That was, that was with Gideon. Where Gideon, God speaks to him, you know, oh, valiant warrior, how am I to go set the people free? And I love what God says. And he says, Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh. I'm the youngest in my father's house. But the Lord says, surely I'll be with you. I like it. I like it. Go to John. Here we see in relationship to Jesus. But Jesus, the Son of God, he totally rested in the presence of his Father. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative. But the Father abiding in me does his work. Ain't that cool? The Father abiding in me, he just operated in the presence of his Father. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, Believe because of the works themselves. Because why? It's the Father doing the work. Y'all, if we do a work, and it's our work, who's it bear testimony of? Us. But if it's the Spirit of God in us doing a work, it bears witness of Him. God forbid that we could do works that we can do. You know? I mean, really, I mean, why are we looking to do the things that we can do? Because that's bearing witness of us. Anyway, sorry, I'm just preaching to myself. You know, going on. Go on, Tulio. Let's go real quick. How about for Moses? This is the one. Somehow I got these out of order. 
Then he said, if your presence does not go up with us, do not lead us up from prayer. How can it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not by your going with us that we and I and your people may be distinguished from all the people who are upon the face of the earth? If you don't go up, how are we going to be distinguished? I'm the guy, y'all, in seminary. Many of y'all heard me say this before. I'm the guy in seminary when the professor, you know, we had preaching class, and they filmed it and videoed it, and I had to go watch it, and then sent Paula to the, to the library to watch the video of me preaching, and Paula re- watches it, and on her way back home from watching me preach on video, she's, she's praying, Lord, how do I tell Rick he's not called to preach? Because why? Everything I was doing was all about in relationship to me. And many of y'all have been around me enough. Y'all can tell when I'm up here and you're going, we need to pray for Rick. (laughs) We're seeing too much of Rick. (laughs) It's Rick up there and it's not Jesus. That's where Moses says this. Let's go on. It's, it's God's presence makes the difference. I vow for Joshua, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be tremble. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It was, it was God's presence with Joshua that made a difference. Go to the next slide. It's with the disciples. I love this passage in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 16, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. You know, that's been on me a lot lately. The Lord worked with them. You know, you ever been that place that where you're doing something, you're preaching, you're speaking, and God ain't doing anything? And I got thinking about that. If I'm preaching, speaking, and he ain't doing anything, maybe he don't like what I'm doing. You ever thought that? I have. <laughs> maybe I'm saying something he don't like. Maybe I'm saying something he don't want to bear witness to. And so, you know, and that's one of the things that I really feel like God is doing with dwelling place. You know, there's a, there's a big, strong stream of, of really awesome churches in that, you know, God's given a philosophy of ministry about, you know, keeping things really, really simple, really, really streamlined, <laughs> you know, to really speak to the, uh, you know, a simple word to the masses. And, and God's not giving that to us. He's not told us that. He's told us, I want to, be demonst- I want to demonstrate myself. And that's where things get goofy, and that's one of the reasons why God's told us to speak on his presence. So it's God's presence that makes a difference. That's what it's all about. So let's go on. Let's go on. There's some things, and this is a statement I want to say. God's presence was a key for success for these men of God. God forbid that we would think that we could do anything and have success, lasting success on our own. I do tell you this. I do know this. I'm in business. I do know this. You can be successful in business according to the patterns of the world. But that always has a cost. Success in business, I love like that Isaiah 48 passage, I am the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. Now, the success in business with God's way, which is really cool, 
but it's totally different than this. So there's a way to have success in ministry, in business, but it'll always have a cost. It'll catch you someplace down the road. But with God, God's way, uh, it always has a fruit that remains, and that's what we're after. So, so let me lay some foundations real quick. Most of this, as you all, all know, so we're talking about God's presence. Let's go to the next slide, Tulio. So uh, if we're going to have experience God's presence, obviously here, what we're talking about here and equating in this passage, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So when we're talking about God's presence, we're talking about God's spirit. Because here's the reality is God is a spirit. And like you've many times, many of you have heard me say, we want to turn into Tune into WGOD because he's broadcasting. But just like, just like a radio wave, you have to have a radio to, to receive. I mean, right now, going through our head, there's radio waves going through our head, I believe. And you have to have a radio to pick up those radio waves. Well, God is a spirit. And to receive from him, we have to come to him in spirit and in truth. You know, John chapter 4. Go to the next slide. And so that's why I want to declare this in this passage in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, which God, which has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. A lot. He's got awesome things prepared for us. And notice the next phrase. For to us, God revealed it. Them. Revealed. What's the tense on that, y'all? Past tense. He's revealed it to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And I could go on and read the rest of that past scripture. But God is revealing stuff. And I don't know why I stopped there in 10. Go to the next slide, Tulio. Um, anyway, the passage of scripture really one on that is, and you see probably see in your notes, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, later on after this, 14 and 15, where it says the natural man cannot discern the things of the Spirit, or literally the soulish man cannot discern the things of the Spirit, for they're spiritually discerned. But it goes on to say that the spiritual man discerns all things. Now, so that's what I'm asking us tonight, in this, this three days, really I'm asking us to develop a lifestyle, but what I'm asking is, is that we learn to pay attention with our spirit, not our hearing ears, not our seeing eyes, not our feeling feelings, because what did Jesus say? Let him who has ears hear. The Spirit says to the churches. Seven times he says that. We want to be those like in the Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. The Word of God is for the mature who, because of practice, have their senses, senses trained to discern good from evil. We want to be able to walk in this service, walk into a, to a service, and you can feel instantly or hear instantly what the Spirit of God is doing. Or you can step into a grocery store and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What are you doing in here? 
You may have gone in there to get milk, and somebody else has come in there to get saved or get healed. You know? I love Terry, Terry Rose's testimony when he first got saved. He went to the grocery store, and Terry Rose, uh, you know, had a, the gifting on him when he got saved was just power. He said he went, got to the grocery store and didn't know really anything with God. He just he was there at the at the in the checkout line, and all of a sudden the lady behind him falls out into the spirit. Don't know what's happened. He goes to pay, and he, you know he, he's in the grocery line, and he reaches over to 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 give the lady his money, and he accidentally touches the lady's hand. And when he touches the lady's hands, the power of God hits her, and she goes out into the power of God, and those people get ministered to. I like that. You don't have to, you don't have to, uh, when God shows up like that, you don't have to prove his existence. That's what you look in the book of Acts. You don't see a lot of discourse trying to prove the existence of God. Only one place, like Acts chapter 17, Paul at Athens, and you don't, you just don't hardly see anybody getting saved. But most of the time you see God just demonstrating himself and stuff happening. So anyway, so God's presence in the Spirit. So let's go on, Tulia. Now, okay, <laughs> I was trying to go to the next slide. Somehow I got these things all mixed up. Never mind, back up. Can you go back one more? One more. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, thank you. I knew it was there somewhere. I didn't think I was that bad. Now, we're talking about God's presence. Um, there's what you want to see in this passage of scripture is there's an introduction that there's, and y'all have heard us in dwelling place, but just so that we're all on the same page. When we're talking about God's presence, there's three major facets of God's presence we want to we want to focus on this weekend, but also we want it to be a regular part of your everyday life. And notice these passages here, for, just, for we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them. That's what I call individual presence. I will dwell in them. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Then he says, I will walk. Wait a minute. Where did it go? Go, <laughs> Tulio, don't do that to me. <laughs> he's doing that on purpose. I know he's doing that. <laughs> don't, dwell, don't dwell in them. See? <laughs> he says, I will dwell in them and I will walk among them. Corporate. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. Ephesians chapter 2, where he's building us up into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. That's all called about corporate presence, and we'll look at that tomorrow. We'll, and more than just look at it, my prayer is, is that we experience it together. We just uh, get, we just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let it happen every time we get together. It's all about Him just dwelling among us. And so, but here, notice this passage, and stop there. I'll be... I'll be their God, they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst. Be separate, says the Lord. 
And here's the interesting phrase that it's easy to pass over. And I will welcome you. Now notice it, how it goes. I will dwell in you. I'll walk among you. That's him coming here. But this one is, and I will welcome you. That's you and I coming there. Where is that? And we'll talk about that. Is the heavenlies. You know, you hear people talking about having throne room experiences. Yeah, those are really cool. Those are real. But I, I will say this. God's heart is it to be normal for us. Let us draw near with confidence to the... We have confidence to enter the most holy place. Where is that? That's heaven. He says, I will welcome you. You know, when you're in a when you're in an emergency room, hooked up to heart monitors, going into the heavenlies is a good place to go. Where there's one thing happening with your physical body, and there's a, another thing that's going on with your soul. That is that is a good thing. Not that we're looking for astral projection and stuff like that. But what I do want to do is I want to walk in the Spirit, in the presence of our God. God is saying, come. Come. With confidence. So, and we'll talk about those. But tonight, I want to spend the rest of this, this time... Um, we're going to be in two sections. Is that what we said to you? We did, we did say that. You did say that, right? We're going to be in two sections tonight. First part's going to be about teaching. Second part's going to be in relationship to experiencing what we just taught. So, so anyway. But we're going to talk about first. We're going to talk about, go to the next slide, please. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, individual presence of God. We're says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? In you. Just let me get this out of the way. It's not in the notes and stuff like that, but Paula came out of a background that said, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. She, you came out of a background. Your, your father's, her, her, it wasn't, her father's, Family was old holiness background. And it's the background was if you didn't speak in tongues, you weren't saved because you don't have the Holy Spirit. They quote that Romans chapter 8 passage. You know, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not, not, you're, you're not His. And so there's a couple other passages. I came out of a background that taught out of Church of Christ background that if you didn't get water baptized, you're not saved. And you don't have the Holy Spirit. So, you know, praise God, I was just a heathen through all that. And so, then <laughs> got saved in a good old Baptist church, you know. But the reality is, I do want to say this and establish this. It's really simple. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 really declares and keeps it simple. When you and I are indwelt with the Spirit of the living God. And Ephesians 1.13 says, after listening to the message of the gospel of our salvation, having also believed 
you're sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So when you and I believe, we receive the Spirit of God. We are sealed in him, in Christ. We have have the Spirit of God. Our body, this is crazy, our body becomes a temple of the Spirit of the living God. Dude, that is so cool. That is so cool. You know, I've traveled a lot of places in the world and gone in and around various, quote, temples and mosques and stuff like that. But, you know, the really cool thought to me is, is that when, when a child or a woman or son of God, a woman or man of God walks into a place, you're carrying with you the very God into a situation. And so, uh, so I want to talk about the, the, the presence of God in us tonight real quick. And so let's go on. There's five major characteristics that I just want to allow things to get birthed in us. And I'm not going to go, just, there's a lot of scriptures here and I'm not going to go into details of them. The first one is, you'll notice in this John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the helper, the helper, Helper, uh, you notice the Greek word there, parakletos, alongside. And, uh, in, you know, in that John chapter 14, I don't think I've got it in there, uh, 16 through 18. Tulio, do I have that? Go to the next slide. I don't know if I did. Yeah, notice this. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, that he may be with you forever. Y'all, y'all know that's new, that's radical. When he tells the disciples that he may be with you forever, you remember that when uh, Samuel anointed Saul king, the Spirit of God came on Saul. He became like another man. But then when Saul was disobedient to the Lord and rebelled, Literally, we see in 1 Samuel, I think it's chapter 15 or 16, that says the Spirit of God left him and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. You see in Psalm 51, after David sinned with Bathsheba, who he saw what happened with Samuel, I mean with Saul, and then where he saw that and he saw what happened. And then when he sinned with Bathsheba and he cries out to the Lord, creating me a clean heart, do not take your... Holy Spirit from me. That's a, y'all don't sing that song. That's Old, that's Old Testament. Because, because what Jesus says, that he may be with you forever. You know, like I, uh, Matthew 28, lo, I'm with you. All, look, I am with you always. So the Spirit of God, he comes, he's with you. You fall into sin, he's there trying to draw you out of it. He's in you. I know what it's like, y'all, to walk with Jesus. No, I'm sorry. To be saved, have the Spirit of God in me, and be in the world. It is miserable. Dude, it is crazy miserable. Anyway, I don't want to get on that rabbit. But, and, but the whole thing about when you think about the Spirit of God in us, think He's with us. Go on down there. It just says, like it says, but you know Him because He abides with you. And will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. So when you think the presence of God, and that's when you'll notice in your notes there, there'll be some, right at the very first part of it, there'll be italics. 
When you think God in you, the spirit of the presence of God in you, think it's God with me. You know, like I said a while ago, I've had a really, I've had an opportunity to be, uh, you know, in different places in the world. And, you know, in the Philippines dealing Jesus, in, in the Middle East dealing Jesus, in Europe dealing Jesus, you know, in the Caribbean dealing Jesus. Never been to South America. Haven't been to Antarctica or, or any of those, but or, uh, been to... But anyway, you know the crazy thing to me is I've been in a bunch of different crazy places, and you know what? They feel all feel the same. Why? He's with me. He's with me. That's how I can feel the same. Now, it can feel a lot different when I'm dealing with in the physical, and Paula's not there. That's when I go, oh, don't you feel Paula? you got to go, <laughs> you know. She's tired of hearing it. You know. but, but with the Spirit of God, He's with me. And let that, let that manifest over it. You know, he's, he's our helper. He's the parakletos. He's the one who's he's alongside us. Go to the next slide. I love this passage here in Psalm 31.20. This is an Old Testament past scripture, but it's relevant for us in relationship to the Spirit of the living God in us. Where He says... You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men, from the strife of tongues. I mean, I'm sorry, you keep them secretly in the shelter from the strife of tongues. For in the day of trouble, you will conceal me in, the tabernacle, in his tabernacle, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me and he will lift me up on a rock. You know, there's nothing like uh, the reality and the revelation of God with you. Uh, like even to the times like... Um, when mom or my brother are dying, the most traumatic events in my life, or maybe the time that the kids were had crazy fevers and stuff, but God with me. But, you know, when they were dying, I could face that. I knew it. God with me. God with me. In the day of trouble. God with me. I'll never forget... Uh, you know, there's a past scripture the Lord told me to, for some reason this is for somebody. In Psalm 118, verse 7. I'll never forget this. Uh, when I was, last time I was in Beirut, you know, that's when my heart did that crazy thing again. And, uh, and you know, I'd, it happened about 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning. I taught, went up teaching class to about 9 o'clock, I mean uh, 12 o'clock, then had lunch. And I was sitting at lunch and at AFIB's kicking in and I mean it's going on hadn't stopped and I'm going I'll tell everybody I said well I guess I think it probably ought to go to the hospital and get this checked and and they go yeah yeah and so and I remember the the Muslim the the, I'm not not Muslim the uh, the Arabic brothers um you know said we'll take you I remember Chris going I'll let one of the Americans take you go with you I said I don't want one of the Americans go with me I have my brothers from you know, Emil and Joseph and Ely, they took me. And i never forget riding down the road in a crazy place, and my heart's doing this crazy thing. And this passage in Psalm 118, verse 7 says, The Lord is for me, or literally among me, with me, among those who help me. He, caught, he told me that past scripture when I was riding, we're riding through the streets of Beirut, traffic backed up. And he says, The Lord is with me with those who are with me, or for me, with those who are with me. 
and I'm looking in the car, and here's three brothers that, that I know love me, and I go, the Lord is with me. It's that place that where he, he says, okay, Rick, I know you right now. You need something. I'm with you, in you, but I want you to know something. Feel it. Physical. And they stood right there with me in the, through that time. So think God in us. He's with us. And go to the next slide. When you think God in you, the Spirit of God in you, um, I'm sorry I didn't summarize it, but you see it in your notes there. He's in us. So I just want to declare this. Can we say this? Can we say this out loud? Lord, I thank you that you're in me. So therefore, I'm never alone. I'm never abandoned. That is true. If you've ever felt alone or you felt abandoned, it's the program in your heart that does not have the revelation of a spiritual reality. And we can, that's, we can minister into that. Second thing is when you think God in you, think revelation, teaching. John 16, 13. He will guide you. He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own initiative. Whatever He hears, He will speak. He will disclose to you what has come. He will glorify me. He will take of mine and will disclose it for you. All things that I have heard from my Father, all things that the Father has are mine. I'm sorry. I'm quoting another past scripture. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I says He takes of mine and discloses it from you. All things. All things, y'all. I just don't ever say this around me. There's some stuff you'll never know until you get to heaven. That is not God's desire. All things. He says he'll reveal to us even the deep things of God. The only thing we won't know is when he's coming. Now, the only reality is, y'all, that God's speaking maybe in differential calculus like Burby does on his chalkboard, and, and it's like me going in there, and I'm on two plus two. You know, God's speaking one level of math, and we're on another. And so, and he's trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us. And so, so when you think, think God in us, he's speaking to us. And here's a couple of past scriptures why this is so important to us. This passage in 1 John 2.27 where it says, For you, the anointing which you have received abides in you. And you have no need of anyone to teach you anything. You have no need of anyone to teach you anything. But as, as anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not alive, just as, as he taught you, you abide in him. I'm sitting here speaking these things, but the Spirit of God in you will bear witness of the things I'm saying, are they true or not? Call it a lie, let God be established. It's free. You're free. You don't have to have a teacher. Now, God does give teachers. So there's dependency within the body. But the baseline is you don't need it. That's cool. It frees you. You don't have to have me saying this. Well, you need me to tell you the truth. No, you don't. The anointing, the Spirit of God in you will teach you. He'll teach you. Go on. He reveals to us his inheritance. What we already said, I is not he... Eye has not seen, ear has not heard all that God's prepared for us. He's revealed it to us in His Spirit. Let's go on the next slide. I love this one. In Psalm 17, 2. Look at this. Let my judgment come forth from your presence. Let 
my judgment. Judgment means judge. Judge means what? Huh? Sort out, divide out. You know, and every morning before daylight, and and most of the time at night, I'm going out to put wood in the in the wood stove. We got outdoor wood stove, and you know, and I usually have a headlight going out, but I turn it off. I always usually coming back. Or I love walking in the woods at night without a light. But, but literally his presence, the light of his presence, like in Psalm 36, is it like he will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. When, when his presence has come, it just makes, illuminates like the difference between walking in the woods at night and walking in the woods in the middle of the day. Walking in the revelation of his spirit. He teaches. He makes it. Him in us tells us what to do. So much. Go on to the next slide, please. He teaches us so we do not have to be in the dark about anything. That is God's heart. Let's go on. So when you think God's presence, think he's with me, you think revelation, three other things real quick, identity. Identity. Him in us establishes identity. Give in to it. Give in to it. Like Romans 8, 16 tells us we're his children. The Spirit himself testifies in our spirit that we are the children of God. His Spirit bears witness with my spirit that we're children of God. Okay, now. Okay. All right. God's Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a what? Child of God. The next slide, Galatians 4, 6 said, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Okay, so literally what the Holy Spirit is doing all the time, He's trying to reveal to you who you are and whose you are, which is so cool. But again, let me just stop. And like many of you have heard me say this before, the programming in your heart will dictate what information you're receiving in the Spirit. Think of your spirit like a modem. And the programming in your heart interprets that information. Just like God said to me one time, and it's very important for me to say this and share this. Just like God said to me one time, He said, He asked me, Rick, do you know I love you? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just getting through this real quick because I know many of you heard me say it. And I said, yeah, yeah, God. And then I started singing a song, and then he interrupted me, and he asked me if I had fear. I said, yes, Lord, you know I have fear. And he quoted 1 John 4, 18 to me. You know, perfect love cast out fear, fear and brought torment. The one who fears has not been made perfect in love. Oh, God said to me, "You, you believe I love you, you don't know it. I wasn't perfected in love. I believed it, but I didn't know it. There's a difference between believing and knowing. I believe there's a Barack Obama. I don't know him. I believe God raised Jesus from the dead, but I cannot know him. I can believe God loves me and not know it. And I didn't know it. And I'm going, okay, God, what's the deal? And right after that, that's when God said to me, he read to me the Galatians 4, 6 passage, which he read it to me, but he quoted it to me and and asked me, you ever heard that? That's what he said. Rick, you ever heard that? And I don't mean heard the verse. Have I ever heard the Spirit of God in me saying, Abba, Father? Now, y'all, is the Word of God true? What's this saying the Holy Spirit's doing? 
if the, if the Word of God tells me that the Holy Spirit saying, Abba, Father, what's the Holy Spirit doing? So my question is to all of you in here. You ever heard it? And that's when God said to me, he says, Rick, you have the spirit of an orphan. Not that a demonic spirit. The characteristic of my spirit was that of an orphan. My dad was not an alcoholic or a drug addict. He was a workaholic. God, first time I ever heard him say, I love you. He was 29. You've heard, heard him say that because I did not know. I thought as an orphan. The programming of my heart was one thing. God's broadcasting another. I always use this illustration in the days that I used to love. Word perfect. It was great word processing program. Did you, did you use it? Yeah, Rick. I knew you. I knew. But we were the, Rick and I were probably the only two. Oh, a revolt, revolt. Yes, yes. But anyway, do I? But I remember, I remember people telling me, says, Rick, send me your notes on such and such subject. So I'd, I would email them. But it was in Word Perfect. And they would send me an email back. Rick, I can't open it. Because why? They didn't have the programming to open what I had sent them. God's broadcasting in the Spirit, Son. And we got areas in our heart that's abandoned, broken. When it comes to Son, we don't have nothing to do with it. I, we don't want to hear about Father. Oh, I can handle Jesus. Or you know, it could be vice versa. But anyway. Because see, what's happening is the Spirit of God in us is trying to impart into us identity. Let's go to the next slide, please. It's also revealing the identity of who Jesus is. Is it froze up? Okay, just missed the slide there, but I love this statement that I wrote down there. He fathers us so that we can know and walk as sons and daughters of God. So God's presence in us, he's with us. He's with us. My mind's gone blank. He's with us. What's the second one? Huh? Re yeah, he reveals. He walks. He's in us. He, he's, he's with us. He reveals all things, and he imparts identity. The fourth thing, real quick, that what God's presence in us, in and go to the next slide, please. Oh, there it is. But, but I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself up for me. There's the revelation. That's Christ in us. It empowers us. The Spirit of God in us empowers us to walk as sons and daughters of God. God has not called us, I love this, God has not called me to live the Christian life. Glory to God. He's called me to let Jesus live the Christian life. And in the meantime, he's doing a work in me to form my heart into his likeness, but it's empowering him. The biggest trouble I've ever got in my life in ministry is thinking that it was of me. That 2 Corinthians 3, you know, such confidence we have toward Christ or God that we do not consider anything as coming from ourselves or our adequacy is from God. I remember that time that a brother down there in Big Stone Gap says, Well, Rick, you can do ministry. You're so good. You're, you can do ministry. And I go, yeah, you're right. 
I can do it. And I remember the next week that all of a sudden I had a, a real situation where a Vietnam vet was trying to kill his son and his, his wife and the son called me from a car with, his, their, with their, their cordless phone and saying, come help me, you know, dad's trying to kill us. And I get there and for the first time in my life in a minister situation I was afraid. And I didn't understand what was going on. I've been a whole lot worse and I was afraid. And I'm going, God, why was I afraid? Because you were trusting in your adequacy. It's my power. God in us, and go to the next slide, empowers us with victory over sin. For I say, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not carry out the work of the flesh. Don't ever say, well, yeah, I just gave in to the flesh. No, no, God's giving you the Spirit to give victory over the flesh. That's it, basic. Go on to the next slide, please. It empowers us to overcome the obstacles of this world. I mean, the adversaries of this world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is, can we say this? Greater is he that he that is in the world. No, wait a minute. no, 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 no. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sorry about that. Go on to the next one. That's where God tells Joshua, you know, God with us. I'm with you. Don't be, you know, be strong, courageous. We'll be powered to go with it. Also, I love this. The power of God, the presence of God in us gives us the spirit of God in us to give us the emotions that go with it. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience. The last one. Okay, so before I say the last one. What's the four? Let me see if I make sure I can do it without getting my head, without thinking ahead. God's presence in us is God with us. God's presence with us is the doorway of revelation. God's presence in us is imparted to us to impart identity, who's, who we are and whose we are. And God in us is to empower us to walk as sons and daughters of God. I love what Bill Johnson said something like this. Jesus came to show what a man rightly related to God can do. When he said that, I'm going, that's good. That's good. Because you know what? The same spirit that is in Jesus is in me. Same spirit that was in Paul is in me and you. I like that passage in James. Elijah was a man of light passions as we. He prayed and it didn't rain for three years. Three and a half, three, 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 three and a half years. And we got something he didn't have. That's the Spirit of God in us. So God's presence is power. So the power of heaven. In, is in us and empowers us to live as sons and daughters of God. So let's go on, the last one. Fullness. Fullness. Don't get, where's Ernie Tanglock? I know he ain't here now. He don't like it when I do this. But do not get drunk wine where it's excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Present, passive, imperative, continuously being filled. It's a command. 
Peter is filled with the Spirit four times in the first chapter, four cha- three times in the first four chapters of the book of Acts. Acts 2, Acts 4, 8, Acts 4, 31. Filled with the Spirit. To giving in to where the permeation of the fullness of God's Spirit is in us. Because God, look at, go to the next slide. In John 7, 37, if any are thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, interesting thing about that word believe, it's the present participle meaning continuous action. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke to whom those who believed will receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given, for Jesus had not been glorified. Y'all, we have a destiny to live out of the overflow. How about that? So, go to the next slide. I love this. Because God's Spirit is His presence. You make me known the path of life, and in your presence is what? And at your right hand are pleasures forever. You make Him most blessed forever, and you make Him joyful with gladness in your presence I just want to say in the fullness of him is fullness of joy the fullness of him is fullness of gladness because joy is a what fruit of the spirit ah Jesus notice this next passage in 1st Chronicles 29 12 both, both riches and honor come from David prays this prayer both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might. And it lies, I like this, it lies in your hand to make great and what? Wow. So, y'all, so anyway. God's presence, where? In us. He's with us. His revelation, His empowerment, there's identity, and there's fullness. Let's go for it, y'all. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break real quick, and then we'll come back, and we'll take another step, if we would. Take what we have, what we've covered, and we're going to try to ask the Lord to bring revelation and reality to what we've just talked about. But before we go, uh, sort of like in accordance with what Tulio said, are there any questions that anybody may have about anything that I said? Yeah, Phil. Microphone, microphone. Test, test, test. May I ask a hard question? As long as you let me say, I don't know. Fair enough. Can you deal with the schizophrenic nature of the topic of you have bits and pieces of songs saying, all right, I need your presence, I need your presence, and then we're told we're one in spirit with Christ in the First Corinthians 6. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, and yet we're still begging for the presence of God. Got to cross that divide. Some, some of those... There's two, there's, two, there's two or three levels in this. 
First off, you, see, you quoted out of Psalms first, right? You said um, Psalms. Songs or Psalms? Corinthians, where it's uh, we're one spirit with Christ. The whole um, do not unite yourself with. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's yeah. in that. Second passage. Corinthians six, yeah. yeah. But also, we're filled up with the Holy Spirit to begin with, and then in. It didn't say full in that context. Or it says we how, have the Spirit dwelling in us, but I'm speaking of. Yeah. And then there's also the abiding nature of uh, John 15, which is talking about if you're in me and I'm in you and um, bear much fruit. How, and kind of the question is dealing with the, um, the piece of being away from the presence of God because different, uh, no, there's different um, thoughts on, well, you know, you're away from the presence of God or different things from that. But given those scriptures, it just comes in stark contrast. And it's yeah, sure. Uh, real simple. That's, I mean, that's really a simple one. To me, there's seven different facets of the Holy Spirit. We haven't got into this tonight, and we're gonna, not going to get it this weekend. There's four things that occur when you get saved. You're indwelt with the Spirit, you're sealed with the Spirit, you're given the earnest of the Spirit, and you're anointed with the Spirit. There's three other things that occur. And all that's point-action event. There's baptism of the Spirit. That's point-action. But there's two things that are not. One is walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What determines whether I walk in the Spirit or not? What I set my mind. If you set your mind on things of this flesh, you'll walk according to things of the flesh, Romans chapter 8, verse 4 and 5. And so what enables me to get victory over the flesh is what, whether I walk in the Spirit or not. And so what I've done is made my choice to not live according to the Spirit, but according to the flesh. And that's where you see in Roman, I mean Galatians chapter 6. What did I say? If I do what? Yeah, I don't want to live in the flesh. <laughs> If I, you glad, if I set my mind on the things of the flesh, I will live in the flesh and I will reap from the flesh. Even though the Spirit of God is in me, the Spirit of God's in me and he's going, Rick, don't sow there because God says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever man sows, he reaps, okay? And then there's the second facet, that's filling of the Spirit which we just read in Ephesians 6.12. That is not a point-action event that occurs and it's finished. There's times that we're filled in the Spirit and the times that we're not. Presence of God is in me, but the presence of God is not filling me. The way I see it is it's like a Coke bottle. You can take a Coke bottle and put a balloon in it. The balloon, the Coke bottle, is indwelt with the Spirit of, I mean, with the balloon. But then you can take the Coke, the balloon, and go, and it fills up. Well, that's what Ephesians 5.18 is, filled with the Spirit, where it permeates the very nature of all of our existence. And that's where, that's where you'll see this place. There's places and times in our life that we're, the Spirit of God is in us, but I'm not filled with the Spirit. And, uh, and that's why it says, be not drunk with wine where excess. Uh, be filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to one another, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It's not that the Spirit has left me, but it's not, I have not given in to the fullness of the Spirit. Now, that's individually. But how about corporately? Wait till we go talking about tomorrow night. 
where we're talking about the court, corporate presence of God. Jesus promised us, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. But just because we quote a prayer and go, Jesus, be with us in the name of Jesus, that ain't going to mean he's going to show up in our midst. Because when it says they gather in his name, you're gathering in all the nature and character of who God is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faith, mercy, grace. There's where he'll show up. So there's times, you know, I can walk into services, Spirit of God's presence, Spirit of God's presence, in Tom, in Dwell's Tom, like an elders meeting. We've been in there. We've done this a lot. Spirit of God's in Tom, Spirit of God's in me, Spirit of God's in all the elders. We get in there in the flesh. Is Jesus in our midst? Nope. Now then we can repent, and he, and we invite him to show up, and then he comes. So it's, so it's, that's a great question, and it's important for us to understand all those distinctions. And so, any other questions? We'll get into that some more, especially tomorrow night. Anyway, so, no questions? Let's take a quick five-minute break. So...